everyone, and welcome back to The Pulse. Today we continue our conversation with Bex about homelessness. More specifically, city efforts, access to ID, and starter loans from the government of British Columbia. Let's get back into that conversation. I, I, have, I have been very proud of some of the initiatives that Surrey's been making and kind of upset with some of the store owners um, because Surrey is trying to build some homeless housing where they have little apartments where they put up the homeless people and they have their own bathroom and their own shower and they can actually reach out for resources and mm-hmm. um, and actually like get clothes and go for job interviews and stuff, which is really cool. Um, but then because they put them in these houses and they give them nothing to start out with except for these little spaces then the then the businesses immediately nearby start experiencing more crime and more people stealing because they're like yeah we have this space but I still have no food I still have no blankets (laughs) I still have no clothes to put on my back and so they're they're still stealing these things that are necessities Um, and then the store owners complain about it, which, yeah, it's a big deal, but there's also the other side of things where they need these things. It's a, it's and... a big pendulum. And I, I think in this goes for, I think, just about any topic in life. When things have been swung all the way to one side, whereas they're in your shop, they're in your door front using and injecting and sleeping and doing all of their daily business on your doorstep of your shop okay so we give them housing well that pendulum is going to swing all the way the other way you know we're going to take them out of the shop doorway but there's still going to be a residual effect until we get it right eventually the pendulum swings to the middle and we get a happy medium but like you like you bring up it's a good point of you, you can never get to that happy medium if people don't allow it and also if we can't learn from mistakes and keep adapting and evolving new ways. I mean, tiny houses are amazing. And five years ago, that wouldn't have even been a concept, you know? So it shows that there's an, an evolution. And I think it comes with younger generations having more innovative, more out of the box ideas. You know, we go from very structured, you know, we have to keep this type of society members like locked up and monitored and under cameras. <laughs> That's not how people live. It's not how people live. And it's not how you create a person who is stable and confident and able to take steps towards success. That's how you create people who are feared, fearful and paranoid and, you know, scared of authority. So it's, it takes you know, it's, it's kind of the boomer versus X, you know, Gen Z. <laughs> Somewhere we're just dragging the concept of homelessness into the into the light, and through through ways like this, you know, people have to realize that everyone is a paycheck or two away from a bad situation. You know, everyone is a paycheck or two away from having their gas or their electricity cut off, which then leads to robbing the rents to pay the utilities, which then leads to landlords kicking you out because you know you you missed a payment so um everyone has to take a breath i think when it comes to homelessness and just remind themselves of their humanity and remind themselves that you have either brothers sisters aunts uncles daughters sons and each one of them is just one bad decision away from doing something really drastic in their life 
And I, I honestly think that when people are put into things such as tiny homes, generally you need a support worker to get you to that point. If you're going to leave the streets or leave a shelter and get into any kind of housing, there has to be a member of staff in the middle there who is going to help you move from point A to point B. Do your paperwork, make sure you're accessing resources, but more importantly, moving you with resources. If, for people to have been shifted into a tiny home, it's kind of like, yay, that's really great. But then you're just you're dropping them on their face and setting them up for failure. How people are being transitioned with, you know, without adequate things, because there are resources out there. There's an Alliance Church in Vancouver. You can go and make an application there and you can ask for like a starter kit. You go with a list of the things that you you feel you need. Um, the, the church there will do its best to either thrift it, gather it or, you know, try and get some funds towards helping you get it. You're not going to oh, get that's everything. Fantastic. Again, if you don't know the resources are out there, you're never going to have access to them. And, yeah. Uh, I, I was talking with one lady uh, one day. I went into the dollar store um, right across from where they had set up some of these little houses. And she had been put up in one of these houses. And she she was still on the streets, like, panhandling for money and she got into the dollar store and she managed to pick up a few things but she didn't have the money for everything that she needed and she had a dog and she was like I don't know if I can pay for my dog's food and she just started crying and then she uh, and she was like I just I don't understand why they couldn't even have given us um a dollar store gift card for like 25 bucks and Obviously, they also didn't point them towards those kinds of resources, mm. which would have probably been absolutely amazing for her. Yeah, it could have given her a day, a day to breathe, a day where she wouldn't have had to panhandle. She could have sorted out her living space. She could have fed her dog. She could have rested. But instead, she is forced to go and panhandle and do whatever she needs to do to feed her family. You know, it's it's rough because, again, if you're ex if you're exiting services... You can also go to the ministry. You can go to the ministry and you can put, again, put a list together and say, I need sheets. I need an inflatable bed. I need a lamp. You know, I need an outfit to go for interviews. You can apply for a startup loan from the ministry. You know, there, you, there are many thrift stores that if you go in and say, I need an outfit, I'm, you know, I'm homeless or I'm low income, I need an outfit to go for an interview. The thrift stores will give you one, <laughs> you know, but again, if you don't have a member of staff or a support worker, this is why it's so difficult. The homeless sector is so difficult because there isn't enough people. There isn't enough people to match the amount of people there are who need help. There also isn't enough. There isn't enough housing, not even close, not even remotely. Is there enough housing that is affordable? <laughs> like so we, can, we, can still, we can smash housing up. The housing still needs to be affordable. You know, nobody can go from the street and go and acquire a job and save money and sleep on the street and not wash and not have, you know, access even to their ID. Most people who live on the streets cannot gain access to services because they don't have their ID. There, there's not that many places you can keep your wallet, <laughs> you know, and there is a lot of options for people to rob you. 
and there aren't many people who have a wallet who live on the streets. And if you don't have a wallet, you don't have a bank card, you don't have your birth certificate, you need a birth certificate to access your benefits. So if you have to go through the process of going to the ministry to apply to get your birth certificate, generally, you will need a staff member <laughs> to write you a support letter to say, yes, this person is this person, I can, I'll vouch for this person. And then you hope that that is enough for you to acquire a birth certificate copy. Once you have a copy, it's still not a photo ID. So then you still have to then arrange an appointment through, again, services to get them to pay for your BC ID. Because even 25 bucks is a lot of money, you know? So you've got to get someone who was, who's willing to vouch for you, write you a letter to acquire your birth certificate, which that's a, that's a process right there. That's a few weeks, and especially during COVID. So what are you doing for those few weeks? You now still have no way of acquiring benefit. You have no way of acquiring BC or ministry uh, rent payments. You have no way of, of acquiring medical care. You have no way of, uh, of accessing a bank account that you might have. So once you have that birth certificate and you get someone or a service who is willing to pay to take you and, and get your BCID, then and only then can you then go back to the ministry and apply for your benefit. So you're talking, you likely have already been on the street for six to eight weeks. That's if you keep in track of appointments. You miss an appointment because what day is it? What's the time? You know, most of the time you've got no really no real clue if you're living on the street for three, four, five weeks. And you have to obviously live close enough to the, the area where your ministry appointment is going to be as well. So if you get attacked, you get robbed, you get um, there are many forms of attack that can happen to you on the street. I mean, you can just watch the news in the morning right now and see what's going on in the downtown cause. If, you know, you get attacked and you don't feel safe staying in the middle of Vancouver, say where there's a large population of extreme homeless, then what? Because then you've traveled outside of your area. Now you have to find a way of traveling back. So you're either hopping buses, which is not an easy thing to do. <coughs> <clears throat> hopping trains which can lead you to being arrested you know or you're walking which can take you many days so there's there's no easy there's no easy path my my best advice is do your best to not be homeless because there is no easy or safe path to get from point a to point b yet because we have not evolved to removing enough stigmatism from the the concept of homelessness not all people are drug addicts and choose to be homeless you know a lot of people have mental health issues and i would say most of the people who have landed in a homeless situation is either finances or mental health or toxic relationship there's there's none of this they're the, they're your they're your pillars they're your foundation of the reasons why people become homeless and it's it's a rarity is it by choice and if it is by choice, that choice was probably made through mental health. Keep getting heavier. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Next week, we finish our conversation with Bex about the reality of shelters, tent cities, and resources in Canada. As always, if you have questions you'd like to discuss, or if you want to be a guest on the show, send an email to voa at pacificautismfamily.com. We look forward to hearing more of your great questions. And thanks for listening.